Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, fellow constitutionalists, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Clements Show, a Christian political talk show. I'm your host, Dan Clements, your constitutional warrior, fighting for your right just to be an American. It is November 1st, near of our Lord, 2017. Remember, we're hyphen-free, PC-free zone, and God is still in control, and He does love you. And I'm broadcasting live from the Hemlock Studios here in the beautiful central Susquehanna Valley in the great Keystone States, raining outside. Uh... It's uh, November 1st. Um, <laughs> last night, I was watching, uh, I like NCIS, and I like the new show, show Bull and NCIS uh, New Orleans. And so I was watching those on the CBS app. Uh, I can live stream off of that app. So I do get to watch a little bit of live TV. And I'm not one of these purists out there that uh, just because some... Um, just because the lunatics have taken over the asylum doesn't mean I'm not going to watch some uh, uh, pro football. Uh, I watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's on you, not me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they just had started, <laughs> uh, ended up with a, a program, uh, I can't even remember, Hollywood Insider or something like that. And uh, the guy said, "Let the now that Halloween's over, let let the uh, Christmas uh, uh, commercials begin, and wouldn't you know it, the next the next commercial on TV was about Christmas. <laughs> we haven't even got to Thanksgiving yet, and they're already talking about Christmas. I mean, please, at least let us get through Thanksgiving before you bombard the airways for the next eight weeks, uh, or six weeks, I should say, or so, with Christmas commercials. I mean, give me a break. And, and in a certain way... Uh, I, I think I thank God that I don't have cable TV where I'm tempted to watch a lot of these shows on TV. I can I wait for them to come out a day or two later normally, and then I binge watch them. <clears throat> I binge watch a whole evening of shows uh, on uh, uh, usually using Hulu, but a couple of the other apps I binge watch on. So, you know, I, I think I spare myself from that type of insanity. <clears throat> now. Yes, on yesterday's show, and I just want to bring up, uh, I want to see if I have any comments back on my Facebook. I got into a discussion yesterday with a, uh, says he's a lawyer, says he, he was a document research lawyer. And uh, I have, 
I have no reason to doubt this gentleman at all, right? Uh, and yet, I commented, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We're going to talk about this today. I entitled the show, Allah, Gender Dysphoria and Agreeing to Disagree. Uh, so you can see we're going to have a wide, a wide, wide show here today. And uh, it, uh, this guy was questioning my reasoning abilities. Uh, uh, now, this was, uh, let me back up. This was on an article that was posted over to Con the National Constitution Center about Judge Blocks Trump ban on transgender troops. And I talked about this yesterday, how it was judicial, judicial overreach, how they were legislating from the bench, how this judge was um, um, social engineering the, the military, just like Obama and all the SJTs under the Obama administration were using the military as a social experiment. And uh, this, this gentleman, he's, I don't know if he was in the military or not. I didn't ask him. But like I said, he, he claims to be a lawyer. And I told that old joke. Not that I did this on purpose. I thought he'd heard this joke before being a lawyer. Why did God create weathermen? Well, it was to give lawyers a little bit of credibility. <laughs> That's the joke, folks. <laughs> he didn't get it. He didn't get it at all. Keeps calling me stupid. The whole nine yards. And, and in all his comments, it's a, it's a guy, in all his comments, you can see the social justice tyrant coming out of him. You know, and, and, dis, and disagreeing with me, not on facts or truth, but disagreeing with me because it didn't line up with his worldview. And therefore, I'm stupid because it doesn't line up with his worldview. And... Folks, that's where we're at in today's society. You know, that's where we're at in today's society. They, people, uh, at one point, you know, I was talk, we we're talking about gender dysphoria, which is a an actual mental disorder. And in my mind, if you're a guy and you think and and you think you're a girl trapped in a guy's body or or a man trapped in a woman's body, uh, that's not a physical issue. <laughs> you're unless you're like. And it's the the percentage of the population in the world is so small. It's 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 totally just statistically insignificant. Not saying the individuals are insignificant of people that are born with both, you know, both uh, female and male organs. But even those folks, because of the uh, the and and I, I feel sorry for these folks. I really do. Uh, but because of the physical struggle their body is having, they have to make up their mind, uh, and, and hopefully with some, some uh, doctor's advice, good advice from doctors and psychologists and stuff like that, that maybe they can figure out which, which set of organs is the dominant organ and the rest of their body physiology. But we're not even talking about that. We're talking about, you know, uh, otherwise healthy adult male and females who think they're the opposite set. And, and, and the operative word there is think. To me, there's something mentally wrong with that. And I said, we don't need that type of mental disorder in the military. Well, he wanted to see my credentials on my psychiatry uh, credentials uh, that allow me to commentate or make any comments on gender dysphoria. And I just want to, um, it's still coming up here. I was uh, trying to get something else done. I just want to bring this comment up uh, that I had said back to him. Other, other, than, 
other than you didn't get the weatherman lawyer joke wow <laughs> um so let me get down here um i told him i said uh <laughs> you're an attorney and you didn't get the weatherman joke wow uh you reviewed documents he says he's a a, a, a document uh, review lawyer i said you review documents do any re do any is or do you do any research in your reviews uh ever hear of the internet have you ever googled a subject to gain knowledge have you ever read um expert opinion on a subject legal reasoning he said he said my lack of my lack of legal reasoning is showing i'm not a lawyer i never claimed to be a lawyer but that doesn't mean i don't understand things okay you should try to use some simple common sense and logic sometimes. Try coming out of your narrative-driven echo chamber and see what is actually going on around you. And he made a comment. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to say the acronym because it could be bad because I don't know what that acronym actually means. So that could actually be bad. But this is, this is what we're having to... I got a hair or something in my eye, folks. This is what you have to deal with when you try to, and I'm not saying I'm the arbiter of what is or is not truth or facts, but I try to do enough research, not just enough, but I try to do enough research that I can distinguish between the two. Go back to my Christianity. I've read the Bible and especially the New Testament through New Testament way more times than I've read the Old Testament. Uh, and I've read parts, you know, like, like did studies on the, the minor prophets and the major prophets and, and in sections and stuff like that and did Bible reading the Old Testament that way. But the New Testament, I try to focus on reading that more often throughout the year because that's what's most important. And because I know God's word, not like the back of my hand, but, but because I know God's word and the principles he put forth in his word, when I hear something that... Um, doesn't conform to God's word, I can not make up my mind, but I can say, hey, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't jive with what I know the scriptures to say. Uh, like, once saved, always saved. Or, uh, you know, all you got to do is pray Jesus into your heart, and you'll be saved, and you say this sinner's prayer. And none of those principles are in scripture, especially, you know, well, the first one, once saved, always saved, that's not true because we many times uh, throughout the epistles it talks about, especially Paul talks about, and these people has fallen asleep. It's not that like they physically fell asleep, uh, but they've fallen asleep according to the faith, and they're no longer faithful. They're outside of, uh, they're outside of the, the covenant relation with God, just like if you disfellowship somebody from the congregation. They're outside the covenant relationship with God, so yes. Once saved, always saved is a false doctrine. Um, pray Jesus into your heart. There's nowhere in Scripture where it says that we're to pray Jesus in our heart. And there absolutely is nowhere in Scripture where, where the, either Jesus taught his apostles or, or, his, or the apostles through the inspiration of, of the Holy Spirit penned the sinner's prayer. Nowhere. Nowhere. So I know when I hear things like that, I, I know. Um, I also know if your religion wasn't started in, and we put it at AD 33, but around AD 33, if the denomination you belong to wasn't started, you know, on the day of Pentecost, 
you know, after the after the apostles received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and Peter preached the first gospel sermon and told the people what they needed to be to do to be saved in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In a nutshell, that's how you become saved. And if your church started, your church or your religion or your denomination started after that, then just a simple reading of the New Testament should inform somebody that we need to look further to see if what these people that started well after AD 33 are telling the truth or if the Bible is actually the one telling the truth. And the same, the same principle applies to Islam or any other world religion. And, and this is one of the things uh, about the Bible. It actually gives God, God's a lot smarter than we are, folks. God actually gives evidence within his word that he is God and his word is true. Actual, they call it apologetics. Actual evidence that, that there is a God and he is God. If you look at, I don't care what world religion you want to take, you know, whether it's Hinduism, Confucius, Buddha, Islam, none of their writings have within the writings any proof from their God, little g God, that one, that he is a God, and two, he or she, dependent on your religion over there in the, in the Far East, um, or that your God is actually who they say they are and that his, his or her word is to be believed. There's no evidence, and I'm going to pick on the Quran for right now. There is no evidence in the Quran, as far as I've been able to find out. Uh, I haven't read the whole thing clear through, but I have other folks that have that are experts on the Quran, and they, uh, especially uh, trusted brothers in the Church of Christ. Matter of fact, uh, a, uh, uh, a gentleman that we support in his work here in the United States came out of Islam and was baptized into Jesus Christ and is in Islamic communities preaching the gospel of Christ. And, and I asked that specific question. He told me there is nowhere in the Quran where Allah or Muhammad give any evidence that the word is true, that Allah actually exists. Uh, all we have is what Muhammad has said. So if we just use a little common sense and logic, uh, that should be enough to dispel anything that isn't truth or facts. And so that's why we're going to talk a little bit about all this, about Allah, gender dysphoria, but especially this other concept of agreeing to disagree. I had a Christian this past week or, or, that she claims to be a Christian. That, uh, she's, uh, I don't know her to be a member of the church, but I'm not sure, so I can't say. But uh, she did say she's a high school teacher, and we got into the discussion, and I was bringing out facts and truths in the discussion and she was going on more of her opinion and feelings. And then finally, when she would never, and this is, how, this is how arguments go. This is how debates go on social media. This is how a lot of debates go in, in high schools, universities, colleges, or in real life that someone might be bringing up the facts and the truth, which that's why you bring them up to make sure that they are, to make sure that somebody else doesn't have a piece of information you may not have had. That may change the whole dynamics of the situation. But when you're talking about facts and truth compared to opinions and feelings, what, do you, what should you go with? And the idea that we have to agree to disagree is intellectually lazy. It really is. Because what you're telling the person that you're having a discussion with, 
that you do not give um, enough value to their thought processes and some of the research they may have done recently or, or over a lifetime, observances or whatever, that they're trying to bring out in truth and facts. You do not give enough value to that. And matter of fact, you, you value it so little that you're just going to end any type of discussion. You're going to close your mind up and say, well, we just need to agree to disagree. Now, this lady said she was a Christian. I'll take her word at it until I'll, I'll trust and but verify. And I have, oh, and I'm going to jump ahead here just a little bit. Uh, I have my short Bible lesson today is agree to disagree, question mark. A biblical principle, question mark. And this is, I found this on a, on a website called thenazarenefriends.org. I read through it, and I didn't find anything wrong with it. None of the scripture references, none of their suppositions or, you know, the what they were trying to bring out. And they did a really good job. So I encourage you to go to thedanclemmishow.com and click on that and read that article. It's, it's a little bit long, but it's not, it's not bad. What is it? Uh, uh, it's seven pages in a Word document at uh, number 12 font. Uh, but it's it's really good. It's really chuck full of good information in there and a lot of scripture references, which I like. And, you know, basically the bottom line was that Jesus Christ did not agree to disagree with anybody. He, he was bringing the Father's doctrine, and if you disagreed with that, you were in the wrong, not Christ. And he wasn't going to sit there and let you um, live in your delusions. The same, excuse me, same way with the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, and the Apostle Jude, and especially the Apostle Peter and the Apostle, or I don't know if Jude was an Apostle. Anyway, uh, no, he wasn't. Uh, but uh, Peter and Jude, the epistles from Peter and Jude. Um, my brain's going too fast here. I'm, I'm talking too fast. Um, Peter and Jude actually deal a lot, especially Second Peter, uh, deal a lot with false teachers. And so Peter, Paul, Jude, any of the other apostles that were out there teaching, any of the other disciples that were, were faithful uh, disciples of Jesus Christ, would never, would never agree to disagree, especially when it comes to doctrine, especially when it comes to facts and truth. But this is the world, this is the reality we live in today. People value their own opi opinions now. Hear my words. They value their own opinions and feelings above somebody else's facts and truths. Something, a fact is something that's knowable, searchable, understandable to the masses. You know, that there, and there's a lot of facts out there. And some of them, are some life-changing? No. Are, are some, you know, are some facts out there uh, life-changing? Absolutely. You know, what the circumstance that you find the fact in determines on what you know how it's going to change things you know the fact of the matter that uh, concrete is hard when it's dry I, I don't think that's disputable so now some people might just want to be contrary and i'm not talking about uh, folks like that concrete is hard when it's dry that's a fact you know to get a hard concrete there's certain things you need to put in the mix to get a certain ps what they call psi on concrete those are facts. Those, that's a truth. You know, and, and people can take shortcuts on those, but if you want a good quality concrete, you got to follow a recipe. You know, those are facts, and that's, and that's a truth. And I know I'm simplifying this, and I don't want to oversimplify it, 
But this is, again, this is what we're dealing with in life when you're talking to folks. Uh, this whole uh, Trump derangement syndrome, I was uh, listening, uh, as I was finishing up the show here, I was listening to Dr. Christy Winters uh, had uh, this guy called the Bronx Blogger on a, um, a live YouTube show, a live stream, and he was just going through and, and saying, it seemed like to me anything that was popping off the top of his head without backing anything up, and especially when it comes to President Trump, him and uh, this Bronx blogger and, and Christy Winters, uh, they're part of this echo chamber that, you know, thinks Trump, Trump is uh, uh, the Antichrist, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, thinks that anybody voted for him are idiots. This guy even at one time says, well, so I'm the most intelligent person here because I'm a skeptic and I look at every, all sides of everything. And I'm coming to the conclusion, I didn't add skeptic in here, but I'm coming to a, a, a conclusion real quick here uh, about skeptics. Skeptics, they know a lot of things, but in their knowledge, they never come to a conclusion. You know, and that's a scriptural thing too. There's, you know, scripture talks about that. You know, there's going to be people out there that, that uh, want to uh, debate and argue about things, uh, you know, just on and on and on and on. And they know a lot of things, but... They never want to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's, I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see skeptics that way. They're skeptical about everything. And they want, and this is, and this is how it goes. They want you to prove your side, but they don't have to prove their side. You know, I, well, I can be skeptical and just, I'm skeptical of this. Now you got to prove me wrong on the skepticism. And it's like, no, I don't. I don't have to prove you wrong. You're the one put, if you put the statement out, you need to back up the statement. If I disagree with you, and ask for your proof, you need to give that to me. If you don't, my conclusion is you don't know what you're talking about. And again, that's where we're at in the world. There's too many people out there that especially, and, and it doesn't matter which side of the freedom equation you're on, the freedom or the anti-freedom side of the equation, there are too many people out there that are too intellectually lazy to have their presuppositions challenged or when they do get into the discussion and they're getting overwhelmed, and I'm not saying I overwhelm folks, and I'm not saying uh, that other people intentionally overwhelm folks that have this ideology that works just on their own opinion of things that isn't researched or backed by facts or truth and their own feelings I feel about this. You know, I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but it can be very overwhelming when you stick your toe out in that political water, as it were, in, in the... Uh, uh, arena of uh, civil public discourse and because you don't have the facts and the truth to back up what you're saying when someone else comes up against your ideas and say well this is why what you're saying is wrong you know this is why this is why and that, that discussion was was this is why I shouldn't have to pay for anybody's birth control and this is why companies shouldn't be forced to have anything on their insurance policies that go against their religious beliefs, and yet you want to force these on employers and you want to force your values on me without even backing up why you want to do it. It's just it's it's something we need to do. These people need it. And and the problem is if you go and look, and I've been looking. Even the birth control pills that they use for other things besides birth control, and I understand that concept, that's not lost on me, 
But even if it's used for something else, it isn't specifically told to be birth control. When it's prescribed for something else, it's for a specific ailment that it's uh, prescribed for. But it, if, if you don't have any depth to your argument, you tire of it very quickly because you think you're hitting against a wall because you can't persuade this person with your, your compassion and your opinion and your feelings. You know, and how dare they not take these into account? Uh, honestly, you know, when it, when it comes to hard, serious issues like abortion, uh, when it comes to hard, serious issues like, like the marriage issue or, trans, or gender dysphoria, Allah, anything like that, when it comes to these hard issues, and, and I don't want to sound hard-hearted, and I'm not, but your, your feelings are, are immaterial to the argument. How you feel about that, honestly, I really don't care. And if that hurts your feelings, again, again, I really don't care. You know, you're not hurting my feelings. If, if you don't care about my argument, you're not hurting my feelings. But I, I am also because you use your feelings to try to dis, disavow my argument or try to gut my argument, then like I said that doesn't bother me, and that, but that also allows me to counter to come back with a counterpoint. So it's going to be an interesting show today, really. It really is, folks. <laughs> Today's show is being brought to you by one of my um, affiliate marketer partners, uh, Sears Part Direct. If uh, you fix the things around the house, power equipment, appliances, um, as I said on the show yesterday. I had to order a small new gas line to my power burner on my uh, cook stove uh, because my wife wanted to clean out underneath it, which she doesn't really have to. Uh, it's sealed burners on it, and she lifted it up and, and cracked the line. And so I had to buy a new line and put it on it, and I did that through Sears Park Direct. I got the 10% discount. If you go over to danclementshow.com and click on the widget and write down that offer code there, It'll give you 10% off your purchase. And I had it, I didn't, this time I didn't uh, have it express shipped. And I had it within five days. I think I think it was four days altogether that I had it in the mail. And it took me, I think, less than 15 minutes to install it. And I had my oven back up. My wife's happy now that she has all four burners. And I'm happy I have a place like Sears Parts Direct where I get these parts to fix things uh, for my honey and keep things going around the house. All right, today's daily Bible reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 31 through 33. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This was after Jesus' resurrection. He had overcome the last obstacle in the world, and that was death. And if we're disciples of Christ, and if we live in Christ, we should be of good cheer, because we know, if you look at the, folks, go back to the book of Revelation. Uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. The saints win. All right? The saints are triumphant. Just telling you, okay? This quote meal comes from Max Licato. I like this one. A Christian in his or her surroundings should encourage everyone to be better instead of being the one who stoops to be like everyone else. And this is, folks, this, 
this right here should be plastered all over every website that any social justice tyrant either has or is a part of. A Christian in his or her surroundings should encourage everyone to be better instead of being the one who stoops to be like everyone else. The problem with social justice tyrants is they want to bring us down to the lowest common denominator. They don't want us to turn around and give a hand up individually and, and, and let justice roll off of us and, and, and help people uh, access the opportunities and, and the privileges and benefits that we have. Social justice tyrants don't want that. What they want to do is they want to bring us down, the ones that are able to turn around and give a hand up. They want to take us and bring us down on the other folks' level. And if we're on other people's level that actually need to be lifted up, the only way they can be lifted up is if we allow them to step all over us to get on top of us, to get ahead. Is that any way to live? It really isn't, folks. It really isn't. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I already gave you the short Bible lesson earlier. Real quick, um, this I'm not going to read this article. I just want to bring this out. The Obama administration paid nearly $1 million to the law firm that funded the Trump dossier. And this is by Ola uh, Olugbemi. Olug Bemi, October 31st, over at MRCTV.org. Uh, Clinton campaign. And this they're actually checking on this to see if she violated campaign finance laws by paying for the amount of money she paid for or the campaign paid for towards this dossier. Now, this dossier, real quick, yes, it was started. It was started by Republicans. But they quickly let it go, and the Democrats took it across the finish line. And when I say Republicans, I'm talking established Republicans. And, and again, I thank God I'm not a Republican anymore. Uh, that I'm a, I'm, I'm a member of the Constitution Party. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm a conservative constitutionalist. Uh, I had a guy use the term libertarian socialist, and I, I still ain't figured that one out. <laughs> Matter of fact, the guy I was listening to this morning, Bronx, uh, Bronx blogger, uh, said that he was a kind communist. He wasn't like these other communists out there uh, over in Soviet Russia or Mao's China. He was a kind communist. He wouldn't use force on anybody. And this guy, this guy said he was smarter than anybody in <laughs> I'm a skeptic. I'm smarter than most people. Uh, oh, prove it. <laughs> There's no such thing as a kind communism. In order for everybody to be equal, folks, you're going to have to take away from some people. And if they don't want their stuff taken away that they work hard for, guess what? You're going to have to use force taken away so you can give it to somebody else. That's communism, folks. It's a utopian dream that will never happen. It just isn't going to happen. <laughs> okay. Let me see if I have these up over here. Um, well, let's... Uh, we're going to talk about the, um, um, oh, what happened in New York City last night. I'm, I'm drawing a brain fart here because I'm doing something else real quick. Um, and this is, a, this is a Breitbart, and a lot of people don't like me using Breitbart tough. I use, I use what I want to use, you use you, what you want to use, and that'll be the end of it. But anyway, um, what happened in New York City yesterday? Uh, according to... One American News Network, which is the news network of record on the Dan Clemens Show. Uh, 11 dead so far. This was updated this morning. Um, 11 dead, 
or eight dead, 11 injured after terror attack in Manhattan carried out by Uzbekistan National. Now, this is important because we're going to be talking about Allah. You know, some people might say, well, what's this got to do with Allah? Well, uh, he was um, said or, or allegedly was reported to say uh, Allah Akbar, which is God is great. Uh, let me see if I get it up here. Um, oh, and, and let, me do some de let me do some defining here, but it basically means, uh, you know, roughly translated, uh, God is great. But Allah is not the God of the Bible. Matter of fact, Allah is a little g-god. And the actual term Allah means the God of Islam. That's what Allah is. Allah is actually a noun. It's a proper name. And it, it literally means, translated literally, the God of Islam. But too many people in the lamestream media, especially CNN wants to make out that Allah is the same, and this, these skeptics out here on the on the YouTube want to make out that Allah is the same as Jehovah God. Let me just make a distinction there. And he is not. He is not. And, and this is, again, I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again, not all Muslims that adhere to the Quran are terrorists. But... <laughs> all Islamic terrorists adhere to the Quran. <laughs> you see the distinction there. And I was accused of stereotyping yesterday when we get into the transgender thing. I was I was accused of stereotyping, you know, transgenders. Oh, you're just stereotyping everybody that's transgender. Um, no. But anyway, I'm, I would be accused of stereotyping uh Muslims, if I called them all terrorists, which, which they're not. There are a lot of Muslims, and let me make a point here. There's a lot of Muslims out there that adhere to the Quran but don't follow every tenet of the Quran. And, and how is that different from denominational Christians who say that they believe in the Bible and say they follow the New Testament but don't follow what God tells them to do? Uh, they're not good disciples of Jesus Christ because they don't follow what the Bible actually tells them to follow? What's the difference? So... We have this terror attack in Manhattan took place yesterday. Like I said, as of right now, eleven are de or eight are dead and eleven are injured. Now, what's important to know about this is this gentleman here was from Uzbekistan. He was an Uzbekistani national, um, and his um, I'm not even sure. Let's see here, I know they probably have his name up here, and I really don't care what his name is. Uh, I probably can't. Uh, there it is. Uh, Saifullah uh, Sayapov, a 29-year-old immigrant from Uzbekistan, uh, one of the stands over there, right? And what's really troubling about this story, and I don't think people had a grasp on getting visas to come into the country. And that's a, a visa is just a, a stamp on your passport so you can come into the country for like six months, okay? Um He was a Florida resident who immigrated to the U.S. legally in 2010 and was believed to have worked as an Uber driver prior to the attack. Authorities are said to have found a note in uh, Sayapov's truck claiming to have carried out the attack on behalf of the Islamic State, but it remains unclear whether he was in direct contact with the terrorist group or was inspired by previous vehicle attacks in Europe. 
In a series of tweets, President Trump described Sayapov as a sick and deranged person and vowed to step up extreme vetting of immigrants from terror-prone countries. President Trump is calling for a merit-based immigration system following confirmation the suspect entered the U.S. on the so-called diversity visa. In other words, let me stop reading here. In other words, the State Department's the one that takes care of these. Under the Obama administration, we're still dealing with uh, social justice in the State Department. That we're not diverse enough in our visa process. And I'm like, this diversity thing just, uh, it, 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 not that it boggles my mind, but it boggles my mind that so many people have bought into this garbage. That our, our diversity is our strength. And it is not. <laughs> it is not our strength. You know, and, and I've had some time to think about this analogy, you know, because I've had some relatives that think that diversity is our strength. There's a lot of people out there that chide me that I don't know what I'm talking about, where diversity is our strength. Well, let me, let me put it this way. What, what would be stronger? A rope that is made out of common type cord I don't, I don't care if it's uh, uh, made from hemp or cotton or something like that. If you strand it all together and make a rope out of it, it's fairly strong. Out of the, you know, e pluribus unum, out of the many one. But what happens if you take the many and they never become American, they never melt into the American culture, and they remain having their own identities and don't want anything to do with the American culture. They come over here for whatever the reasons are. And let's say you take um, uh, pipe filters and twist ties and um, um, plastic grocery bags, stretch them out in a string. All these things are in strings, right? And you take all these together and you weave a rope out of them. You weave a rope out of these. How strong is that rope going to be compared to the other rope that I just described. And that's how you can think about diversity. Now, we can have diversity of ideas, absolutely. But that's why we have civil public discourse to actually go through and look and see if these ideas have any merit. If they don't have any merit, they need to be discarded. If they don't have any truth or facts behind them, they should be discarded. And, and it, the same idea is with, uh, quote-unquote, a cultural appropriation. Really? You know, cultural appropriation. You know, that you can't... Uh, big brouhaha about uh, little girls' uh, Halloween outfits. Uh, that new... There's a new Disney movie out with a Polynesian girl that's the star of the show. And people were saying, that, well, little white girls can't wear that. <laughs> that's cultural appropriation. Um, no, that's little girls being little girls. It has nothing to do with cultural appropriation. A cultural appropriation is a straw dog or straw man argument. It doesn't hold water once you get down to it. It, it really doesn't. You know, because all across, we, we share things. We don't appropriate things. We share things. People that like aspects of their culture that they bring with them and leave other aspects behind in, in the home country, and they share them with other people, that's not appropriation. They're sharing with people. Because I choose to uh, imbibe or participate in that sharing doesn't mean I'm appropriating anything. 
you know, cultural appropriation usually is just a one-sided argument. But anyway, I'm going to get back over to this. Um, the, and this thing about the, 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 I just want to say that about diversity. This thing about the diversity visa is very, very troubling. Um, he also called out Democrats, specific, Democrats, specifically Chuck Schumer, for the diversity visa lottery-based system, which gives out roughly 50,000 immigrant visas annually without regard to the applicant's, applicant's education and skills. Authority said the uh, Uzbek national won the visa lottery, obtained a green card, and entered the U.S. seven years ago. And obviously didn't, didn't melt into the American pot. Obviously was still holding on to whatever hatred, whether it's justified or not. And that's something that can be debated in the, in the, in, you know, the civil public discourse. Whether America is you know, as benevolent as, as she should be in the world or not. That can be debated, and, and a lot of folks on, on the right and in the freedom side of things that are pro-freedom and liberty don't want that debated because they're afraid it'll make, make certain people look bad. But it must be debated. It must be debated about foreign, you know, foreign policy blowback. You know, it must be. Because if we never debate it and it still remains an issue, we'll never take care of the issue. We're just sweeping it underneath the rug. We're just agreeing to disagree on the subject, as it were. So Senator Chuck Schumer created diversity visas which invited alleged killer to New York. The Democrats, and this is from Breitbart by Neil Monroe, posted on October 31st. Democrat Senate leader, uh, New York Senator Chuck Schumer, helped create the diversity visa program, which reportedly provided a green card to the Islamic immigrant who allegedly killed eight New Yorkers on October 31st. The diversity visa program was created back in 1990 by then Representative Schumer in response to the Irish lobbies in, in the New York district. 27 years later, it annually awards 50,000 visas by annual lottery to entrants from around the world, ensuring a cascade of subsequent chain migrants. And the one thing you have to remember about this, folks, with Democrats, with Social justice tyrants, social democrats, progressives, anti-freedom folks in this country, they do not love America. And they will do anything, anything and everything to try to divide us and to crush the American spirit. So they can take over. So they can take over in their despotic utopia and do what they want. It's, it, it happened with the gay agenda, with the gay rights, and the, and, and the, gay, the gay, especially the gay marriage. Uh, it happened with uh, these bakers, these artists, these bakers and cupcake makers and candlestick makers and, and florists and photographers who refuse to participate in weddings of gay couples. They're being taken to court and sued because of their religious beliefs. And again, it is pronounced from on high that... You can't have these in the business place. But yet we have guys like Schumer that's never going to be held accountable for his decisions as, as a senator or representative in creating a program like this and all the, the, the heartache and destruction it's, it has caused in the past. I wonder if someone's going to go back and look at the 9-11 uh, attackers and see if they got in on this on these visas. I don't, I don't know if anybody has. And honestly, I think President Trump would be well within his authority and 
intellectually honest to go back and have from 1990 on have a look at these visas and who we actually let in and try to revet them here i think that's the only that's the only prudent thing we can do and then we have another article here from the wall street journal trump slams visa program he says gave entry to the new york attacker and it's a good article here that goes down through there uh, it only gives me a little bit of the story because I'm not going to pay the Wall Street Journal for some of their tripe. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, just ain't going to do it, folks. So there's those stories there. So that's why we were talking about Allah today uh, in regards to the Uzbekistan uh, terror attack. Uh, and like I said, I'm not saying Uzbekistan is behind it. I was reading other stories this morning that Uzbekistan has become uh, the hot, hotbed for recruitment for ISIS. Um, and, and there's, and whether that's true or not, I, you know, the, the sources I was reading, uh, they're fairly accurate sources, fairly, fairly reliable sources. So I would say it probably is, but until we get, uh, I don't trust some of the sources they use like the government sources. Okay. So we, we see that we, we see that. Okay. We, we see there's a lot of issues when you don't do what's right for your country, when you're worried about political correctness worldwide, we see what happens to our country uh, when we let political correctness run amok and we let these social justice tyrants like Chuck Schumer uh, actually make law and push forth law. You know, it's just, uh, and again, he'll never be held accountable except maybe in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, in public opinion, in the court of public opinion, he might be held accountable, but he doesn't care. He's proven time and time again he doesn't care about public opinion. Most politicians don't. I don't care if you're on in the Republic Party, Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Most politicians really don't care about public opinion. I'm not saying all, but it's just the way they act. The way they act, the way they legislate, they don't care about public opinion. Either way. Whether, you, whether you're in the freedom side of things or the anti-freedom side of things. Okay. Oh, by the way, the coffee is really good this morning. And I, I, I know I told people in the past, but I do make my own coffee creamer now because I want to control what goes into my body because of the fibromyalgia. And I used uh, sweetened condensed milk in a... I make up a 20-ounce container at a time. I use a can of that, and I've actually made my own vanilla extract out of vanilla beans and vodka, and I've been using that, and that's really good. And then I put that at two tablespoons of that in the 20 ounces, and then fill up the rest of it with half and half. And got to shake it up every morning because it does separate. It's not homogenized or anything. It does separate, but boy, does it make coffee taste good. I'm just letting you know. Letting you know if you see me on YouTube drinking my coffee, it is good. Now, um, I do have this story uh, by, where is it at here? Since we were talking about on the, um, the, other, the other day on Facebook, and we actually talked about it yesterday, um, about the military and, and about Donald Trump's order to not allow military... Uh, the military to accept transgenders and possibly get rid of transgenders that are already in there. And, and this is where this whole thing came up. And, and this article here, I just want to share this with you. Uh, it's from um, Richard T. 
Richard T. Anderson. Now, Richard T. Anderson, if you don't know, he's with the Heritage Foundation. He does a lot of, I'm not sure if he's a professor of sociology or exactly what his specialty is, but he deals with a lot of these issues. He, he was dealing with, he does a fantastic job on dealing uh, with uh, abortion, pro-life issues. Uh, he, done a fa- he did a fantastic job talking about gay marriage issues, uh, the whole line, you know, the, the dynamic of the family. The guy is smart, and the guy really lays out his case in things. That's why uh, I like when I see an article come up like this that's by him from the Daily Signal, five good reasons why transgender accommodations aren't compatible with military realities. And this is where we're at in this Facebook thing that I've been in, in discussion with this uh, lawyer, this document lawyer. I have to look up and see what that actually means. But uh, anyway, uh, this is where we were at in this discussion with him that, you know, I'm former military, I'm a veteran, and did it make me uncomfortable? And it's not that I'm, let me preface this, I'm not homophobic where I think if I'm in the proximity of a homosexual, then I'm gonna, it's going to rub off on me, I'm going to become homosexual, okay? But the idea, it's just the idea in the back of your mind, and I'm just going to use me, the idea in the back of my mind, and, and, and honestly, I don't know if they were looking at me as, you know, Hey, baby. Yeah. I, I don't know, really, really don't care, but it made me uncomfortable. I'm just going to come right out. It made me uncomfortable uh, to possibly know that I was showering because now on the ship, before they remodeled it, we had open showers. Afterwards, they were, had, you had stalls so, you know, you could shower in peace. And uh, that made, I think that made things easier. But all through boot camp, uh, up until they remodeled the ship, they were open showers. And it was, always at the back of my mind, it was uncomfortable for me to think that somebody was there that was gay. Like I said, not that I was afraid they were going to do anything to me or they were going to look at me like, you know, hey, baby, why don't you come over here, you know, sexually harass me or anything like that. I'm a good-looking man, but I don't think I'm that good-looking. But anyway, um, but I also, not only in the Navy, which I was on all Excuse me, I was on an auxiliary ship, so I wasn't a combat ship, but I was also in the Army National Guard in a rifle platoon uh, where we had to rely on each other. We literally were training to put our lives in each other's hands if we went to combat. And so we, we have here, this was posted on um, July 26, back in 2017 uh, of this year. He said, on Wednesday, President Trump announced that he was reversing the Obama-era policy that opened the military to people who identify as transgender. Now, I went back and looked at this, and there are a lot of people fighting this to, to keep this out of the military. Because President Obama, the Democrat Party, the, the whole anti-freedom crowd out to the progressives, the SJTs out there, they were using the military under the Obama administration as a social uh, engineering project to see if these things would work or not. Okay? Um, so we go down here. Um, well, I got to go back to the front one because the printed out one doesn't actually bring the numbers out in this uh, like I like to see them. Anyway, make sure I'm not covering things up here. Okay. Um, one, the privacy of service members must be infringed. This means that no soldiers, including those who identify as transgender, should be allowed to use the sex-specific facility of the opposite sex. When it comes to barracks, bathrooms, showers, etc., the privacy of all service members must be respected. Now, this is the one thing that was lost in all this uh, transgender bathroom 
uh, hoopla that was going on uh, last year and the year before. It was okay, you know, oh, we got to let these, these, you know, these folks with a mental disorder, we got to let them violate your privacy so they can have, so they can feel better about themselves that they're using the, the bathroom they think they should be using, not what they physically should be using, but what they think they should be using. And most of that was a moot point anyway. I thought it was very, argued very poorly from the transgender side because, I, I, and I'm conscious of, of this, including at Target, they all, if you go to the restroom, they have a, what they call a family restroom. That's for both the sexes, plus it's handicapped. And yet there's still a handicapped stall in each of the men's and the women's bathroom. I used to be a plumber. I know in these facilities like that, you had to put them in there. So I know they're in there. I know they're in the men's. Pretty sure they're in the women's. I have to ask my wife. But they never worried about my privacy being violated because there was a woman in my bathroom that was identifying as a man using the facilities. What about my privacy rights? Those, those are immaterial uh, to these SJWs, or SJTs, I should say. Two, that all service members remain combat ready at all times. Uh, soldiers with trans, trans, uh, who have transitioned medically require regular hormone treatments and follow-up visits after sex reassignment surgery. It is unclear how someone has, who has transitioned would be deployable. Again, they're, they're missing, and, and I'm not saying that uh, Mr. Anderson's missing a point here, but the SJTs out there that want to seek social justice for everybody, regardless, they don't take this into consideration because most of them never been in the military. I've never seen combat. Thank God I've never seen combat. And I imagine most of the guys that have seen combat wish they didn't. Uh, I know a couple people personally that have seen combat. Uh, one was in World War II, and he's, he's gone on to his reward in heaven. But the other one's a young man who's seen combat and seen, seen some pretty bad things. And, and I know, because he said it, he wished he'd never saw that stuff. You know? Three, that all service members be held to the same physical fitness standards and that these standards be based on the reality of biological sex, not the subjective gender identity. Again, subjective gender identity. Um, and I think that's self-explanatory. We were, and you can go back and check this if you want to, I went through Army boot camp between my junior and senior year down at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. We were the first all-male company to come through since they changed in 1977 uh, under Jimmy Carter. They started. They allowed men and women to train together in the Army. I'm not sure about the rest of the uh, Force, the armed forces, but I'm pretty sure the arm. It was uh, the army, and uh, we were the first all male company to come through since that was enacted. In, in uh, that was like two or three years. It was enacted by the time I came through Army boot camp at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And I'm telling you right now, in our training group, I'm not bragging or nothing. I said you go back and check this. In our training group, we outperformed every other company in our training group. And in that training cycle, we just we did. Because we didn't we didn't have to we didn't have to and this isn't any any digs against women, but we didn't have to slow ourselves down to their level. Remember what I said that, that a true uh, over here what Max Locato said in this uh, quote, he said a Christian is in, in his or her surroundings should be, encourage everyone to be better instead of being the one who stoops to be like everybody else. Both in the Army and in the Navy, if there was a man 
that was falling behind and couldn't keep up with the rest of the training group, he was put back into a, a, another training group that was coming up behind us to be, you know, because he wasn't getting it. In the same way in Army boot camp. And I know some of our sister, our, our uh, sister companies that were on the hill with us, uh, they had quite, and I don't know what the number is. Like I said, I, at the time, I wasn't even thinking about this. Uh, I was just thinking about how the heck am I going to get through Army boot camp? Because <laughs> for me, it was a little bit tough. I was physically physically fit, but I had other issues. But anyway, uh, let's go on with that. You know, there, there was, I remember there was, uh, at least a handful of, of females in the next company over that got held back to the next training group because they just couldn't keep up. Uh, we were the only company, unless unless the range was super far away, if it was, let me put it this way, down Fort Jackson, if the range that we were going to, no matter it was rifle range, grenade range, whatever it was, if it was less than five miles to our barracks, our company ran it. We ran all the other companies waited for the cattle, what we call the cattle cars. They're semi-trailers, uh, they're tractor trailers set up with the trailer, like, you know, you packed them in like cattle, real tight. And uh, we didn't wait for them. As a matter of fact, we usually, we usually were the first one, because because we weren't waiting for the cattle cars to get there, because you know in the military, especially the Army, it's hurry up and wait. They were never on time when they were supposed to be. Uh, our CO always got permission to, to head out to the range, and we, they were always given permission because, like I said, I don't know if it was because we were the only all-male company uh, that was doing this, but we were always given permission to go out to the range, and we ran. You know, we quick-timed March. Boom, 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 boom. You know, rifles, our load-bearing gear, you know, at the time, called them LBSs. Uh, they were belts with suspender packs and a pouch on the back where you had your poncho, carried your uh, uh sometimes they gave us mres takeout and they weren't mres back then but they were the, the c rations i believe it was takeout with us if they weren't going to have a hot meal out there waiting for us but we ran everywhere but we were the only company that did that and i can't help to think maybe was it because the other companies had women in it i don't know i'm just i'm just putting that out okay we're running oh we got about two minutes left on block talk radio but as usual i've been going over a little bit don't want to go too far um Number four, the scarce tax, taxpayer monies not to be expended on costly and controversial sex reassignment therapies. Do you know the average, this is the average cost of a sex reassignment surgery is like $50,000 for the surgery, and that doesn't include all the hormone medications you have to take depending on which way you're going. It gets expensive. So why, in my opinion, why should the taxpayers foot this bill? That's another good reason. Number five. That the medical judgment, conscious rights, uh, and religious liberty of military doctors, chaplain, and commanding officers, and fellow service members be respected. They need to be respected. And, and unless and until military leaders are able to find a way to respect all these provisions, there will remain good reasons why the military will be unable to accommodate people who identify as transgender. Not the least of which... The, the simple fact that every, every credible psychiatric authority out there says that, says that transgender or transgenderism is what they call gender dysphoria. It's a mental disorder. Do you want people out there with a mental disorder 
with a rifle of grenades next to your son or daughter. And there, uh, women in combat roles a whole different issue. I'm, a, I'm against it. I'll tell you right now, I'm against that. I do not, I tell you, and this is the reason why. It's bad enough. And like I said, I've never seen that, but I've had friends, I just told you about a couple of them, had friends that seen friends killed in combat. And that's a tough pill to swallow. That, that really is. I, I can't imagine what they're going through. All I can, I can just imagine it's a tough pill to swallow because they tell me it is. For them, it's, it's hard for them to swallow. Can you imagine if we start on wholesale allowing women, females in combat, and the men with them see the female get killed? Can you imagine how that's going to weigh on their psyche? It's bad enough that a fellow man, in arm, you know, a fellow man, brother in arms, gets killed. That's one thing. And maybe I'm being uh, a little sexist about this, but I, I just don't think females should be in combat roles. I just, that's, that's me personally, because we don't know what it's going to do to the psyche of the, the men that survive that are right next to them. Like they're in a foxhole and the woman gets killed. We don't know what that's going to do. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to be uh, happy, happy thoughts. Uh, I just, and I don't know what that's going to do to the psyche of the country. When we start seeing uh, young young women coming home, and, and it's bad enough to see the men coming home in flag draped coffins, uh, it's going to be that much harder to see young females come home in flag draped coffins. I just, uh, like I said, I don't want to go there. All right, finally, another drink of coffee here. The final item of today, we're going to talk about. <laughs> Let's agree to disagree. I don't agree with that. And and I honestly I don't, folks. I don't agree with that ideology. I, I really don't. And because it's intellectually lazy. It really is. Alright, now this article here is by Nicholas Claremont over at BigThink.com, posted uh, a year ago today, or, or right around a year ago. It just said on the article, it just said a year ago, so I'm just taking, I'm just extrapolated back. Let's say it was posted on uh, November 1st, uh, a year ago. Um, arguments can get tiresome, and they do. And, and anybody who has debated me, and, 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 and folks, a debate's an argument of the rules. That's all it is. <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, we had arguments, but a lot, sometimes, not a lot of times, but sometimes they, they uh, degraded down into a fisticuffs, okay? <laughs> we're, we're adults. We're not supposed to be doing that, right? Arguments can be tiresome. While the social idea would have us to stay stoically, emotionally uninvested in our points of view and would keep us from restoring to ad hominem attacks, the idea is a bit, well, idealistic. Sometimes disagreement about facts just leads to charged conflicts between people. Now, remember what he says here about disagreement about facts. The best response to this, and here I really don't think I'm guilty of overambitious optimism, is to identify and clarify what the point of or at issue really is and to concertedly stay conscious of the fact that people are not their, indivi are, are, are not their individual beliefs, okay? And that it is all right to have been wrong about facts. I've been wrong about facts. You've been wrong about facts. Hopefully someone loves you enough and cares enough about you uh, to help try to set you straight in those facts. 
in a loving, kind manner, okay? And far too often, real quick here, folks, far too often, uh, it, like I said, it usually the crowd that's agree to disagree, they quickly descend down into name-calling and, you know, just all sorts of uncivil-type activities when you just have an, a conversation about facts, okay? Um, if people can manage that, they can have disagreements without conflict or they can achieve the same effect if they simply accept, accept that conflict is not necessarily bad so long as it ends and has a reasonable expectation of getting somewhere. But most people are not so high-minded. Much of the time, people simply want to bury the hatchet, which is perfectly well, which is perfectly well admirable, except that a disagreement is really a lot more like a landmine than a hatchet in that regard. <laughs> I love that, folks. So they resort to the old chestnut of, why don't we agree to disagree? I neglect to use a question mark because it's never said with that inflection. It's, it is not really a question. It is a demand and a cravenly presented one at that, impolite, really. But it's rather anticlimactic, isn't it? I'm reminded of a joke. There are two types of people. Those who do not need closure. In fact, that's like my weatherman joke, folks. People may not get that joke. <laughs> there are two types of people. Those who don't need closure. <laughs> yes, yes. What, what's the other <laughs> I need that closure. <laughs> in fact, the nature of disagreements, if there are genuine disagreements, is that we disagree whether we assent to it or not. To disagree, at least two people must have at least two beliefs, and those beliefs must be incompatible. Things are incompatible by virtue of their containing a contradiction. Contradictions are endematic to the concepts themselves. If I happen to believe that all school buses are red and you believe they are yellow, our agreeing to disagree affects the facts that we have incompatible views, not at all. And what it means, if we agree to disagree, it doesn't do anything with the facts. And somebody, one or one or other, or even both of those people, I'm just going to, I'm stopping reading here, folks. One or other, both of those people are wrong. Whether it's a red bus or yellow bus, could be all green buses, who knows? You know, but some, there is a right and wrong here. There is a right and wrong answer here based on the facts. Okay, I read on. Not to be overly literal, I know that people who say this don't think that it really settles the discussion. They want merely to avoid conflict. But is it the height of, but is it the height of bad manners to not only interrupt somebody but also interrupt them to tell them that they cannot and may not go on expressing themselves lest they offend the holy rules of social grace, and the and the, to satisfy the insane need of the unargumentative to keep everyone happy. Who? Anyway, is the graceless and conflicted one in this situation. He who happens to have an opinion which is conceptually incompatible with someone else's or he who would rather censor a discussion than be challenged. And that's exactly what you're doing, folks. I'm stopping the reading. That's exactly what you're doing. You're censoring the discussion instead of um, being challenged on your beliefs, your opinions, your feelings. 
The dissonance that goes with disagreement is a tension, sure, but it is certainly better to relieve a tension than to ignore it, okay? So hopefully, again, and maybe I'm being a little harsh on this, but honestly, I don't care what your feelings on this. If you want to come and talk to me, you know, send me an email, go to the danclemmonshow.com show notes page and hit the contact page and send me an email or go down to the comments below this video and send me a comment. I have the live chat open all the time, so send me a comment, see if I'm right or wrong about this. They are being intellectually lazy. They don't want their beliefs challenged. They, don't, they, they know that school buses are red. And no, ma no matter how many facts or truths you bring up to them, they're not going to change their minds about the buses being red. They won't even admit that they're factually wrong, even if you show them a picture that bus, school buses are typically yellow, not red. And that's where we're at in our society today. We've got too many people out there that are seeing red school buses instead of seeing the fact of the matter that they're yellow school buses. But I, I, I feel they should be red. I feel red's a better color for school buses. And, and, and my opinion validates me. An opinion that's not based on truth or facts isn't an opinion at all. It's a fallacy. It's a contradiction. Just like I brought up in the beginning of the show, you know, about the Bible, you know, about the Quran. You know, the Bible gives, God gives evidence within his word. He gives evidence in nature that he is who he says he is. And we can, we can be reasonably assured that it is if we just, if, if we go look at the evidence. But if you refuse to look at the evidence and you want to stay in your ignorance, I can't help you. As a matter of fact, there is biblical principle and precedent that after a while, I shouldn't be throwing my pearls before swine. You know, that if you're not willing to see the facts and truth of the matter, again, I can't help you. And, and I'll go on to greener pastures. You know, help somebody that's struggling with these ideas, that wants the, the discussion, wants to see if there's any inconsistencies in their arguments or their ideas. We're, we're training this, this lady that I'm talking about here with this, uh, that brought all this up about agree to disagree. said she's a high school teacher. And I said, so you're teaching your students about this. It's just, just better to agree to disagree than to get to the object truth and facts of the matter. I said, no wonder why our world's messed up. No wonder why, no wonder why the, the public school system's, you know, just bad all around. And that's when I got taken to task and called uh, uh, a butthole and all this kind of stuff, you know, by these other folks that were defending her, defending an uh, indefensible position, in other words. So um, hopefully, you, hopefully you never come to this program and agree to disagree. Hopefully if, if, if what I'm saying you disagree with, please... I'll stand to be corrected if I'm factually and truthfully wrong about something. I have been corrected many times over the years to get to where I'm at today. But I'm not going to lay down for somebody just because they want to agree to disagree. And it is an offense. It's an offense to me. Because, again, they don't value what I bring to the table, to the civil public discourse. They would rather just leave the incompatibilities alone and, and go on in their ignorance. But 
It's not just their ignorance. It's not just their private, behind-the-scenes ignorance. If it was just that, I wouldn't care. Honestly, I wouldn't. But they're posting on social media. And some of these folks that are posting on social media, and I just want to say this about this, if you publish your stuff outside of a closed group, our church, the Susquehanna Valley Church of Christ, has a closed Facebook group. And you have to be vetted to get into it. You know, you have to be, there's certain requirements. You have to be the, a member of the Susquehanna Valley Church of Christ. And it, because a lot of it has uh, some personal stuff in it for prayer requests and stuff like that. Uh, we do have uh, a monthly newsletter that we send out to some former members that want to see it. So they, they know the people, they want to put them on their prayer list, and that's okay. But if you have a public profile, and that's exactly what it is when you put it on Facebook or you put it on Twitter or you put it on YouTube and you mark it public and you make an opinion, you put an opinion out there about something like, I believe that, that employers and government should pay for folks birth control. Well, that's a debatable subject that we should be able to have a civil public discourse about if you're willing but don't come back and tell me these, these posts are just for my friends and everybody to see. I didn't really intend anybody to comment on them because you're putting them out in public because guess what? I, I even said you obviously don't know how Facebook works. You know, and, and, and I, I base those accusations on what they're doing and what they're saying at the time. I said if we're friends on Facebook, I have close to, I'm not even sure now. I know it's uh, in excess of 600 uh, I'm not sure where, where I stand at. And this doesn't even include my show notes page. This is just my personal page on Facebook. Um, let me get down here. Okay. I have, I have 609. Okay, so I'm north of 600 on my personal page. My show notes page, I think I'm, I'm close to 300 on that. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, that takes a little bit longer to actually look up. Uh, but I'm over 600. So what does that mean? Real quick here, if you don't know about Facebook, if you're just getting on, if you're an older person just getting on Facebook, if you're friends with me on Facebook, that means anything you put on your timeline will show up on my timeline because I'm following you. Okay? And once it hits my timeline, guess what? It goes to 609 other timelines. And if you share something on my timeline, like a political thing, that I think my listeners of the show want to see on the show notes page, I will share it over on my show notes page. And then it goes out from there. And I have, I, I literally have some groups that are following me on Facebook that, on my show notes page that, that have thousands upon thousands of followers. So you see where I'm getting at. So, so if two things, if you do not want comments from the public and you're making, let's say you're making a, a political statement, okay, there's a bunch of things you can do. You can disable the comment section on it. You can disable the share button on it and just put it out there with no comment, okay. That won't stop people from commenting on it because it won't. There's other ways around that. But you're putting it out in the in the marketplace of ideas and you and once you put it out there and, and again you got to be thinking about all your friends that you have and all the friends that they have and all the friends that they have 
it's exponential how some of these things get out there. You ever heard of viral videos? That's how they get out there. Same way on, on YouTube, same way on Twitter, same way on Gabs, same way on Minds.com or Vidme or BitChute. The amount of people that you have on there dictates the amount of shares you're going to get or at least the amount of eyes you're going to get on it whether they share it or not. And this idea, you know, of, well, this is my page and I put this on for my friends. I don't want you commenting on it. Okay, if you don't want me to comment on it and, and one, don't put it out or two, block me. Defriend me. I'm... I'm <laughs> And I'm laughing about this because, it, to me, it's funny. These people are telling me to defend them, and I come back with, well, that's to me, that's a cowardly thing to do. The only I've only done it to a couple people, that, and I can't even remember who it was, but I only think I've done it one or two times, and mainly it was because of the profanity-laden on Facebook, and I've done, I think I did one on Twitter and two on Facebook, if I remember right, and it's mostly because of what they were sharing or what they, how they were saying it with profanity, vulgar pictures, the whole nine yards. Now, they've got some filters on it, but still the profanity comes out. And I just don't want that on my timeline, so I've actually defriended a couple of people because of that. But I will not defriend somebody because they disagree with what I say. I will not do that. And I did get, uh, I don't know if I told you guys, I did get blocked by somebody on Monday. Someone says, I'm blocking you. He's, you're just an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, it was about the indictment, the Manafort indictment. And again, all their comments proved to me after all the reading of the indictment and some other videos I watched by respected lawyers, they didn't know what they were talking about. I tried at least put out some information, put links to the articles that you can go and research them for yourself. I don't expect you to take me at my word that I'm telling you all the truth. I want you to trust me, but I also want you to verify what I'm saying. So, and this is why this whole, you know, I don't I don't click on clickbait anymore. I used to because I thought, oh man, this is a good story to get into. And it's like, uh, and, and running references on some of these articles, like in, um, what, what was it the other day? It was Slater Salon that I was interested in an article they put up. I was interested in their point of view. And when I started running the references, it was referring to other articles that maybe somebody else or themselves had written about it. And then I go through that article and run rep the, they put links in the article and try to run the links on that. And it goes back to articles that they, they either read or somebody else on Huffington Post read that wasn't an expert. They're just giving their opinions about it. And I wanted to find out where their sources were coming from. And that frustrated me. And so these sources I give you on either, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they're always sourced to other sources besides me. You know, to let you know that I know how to research. I know how to read things. Like, like uh, Mr. Anderson is a PhD. So I respect his opinion. I've, I've run enough references. I've read enough things that he's read and run those references. Seen videos that he's put out of, of folks testifying about abortion or whatever the case or whatever it might be. And he's proven himself to be trustworthy to me. So when I see an article that he has, I'll, I'll trust it, but I'll go and read it and verify it to begin with. And on Facebook, when you put stuff out there, you're putting it out in the marketplace of ideas. And, and it should be out, if you're putting it out there, it will be in the public discourse. And we should be able to have a civil public discourse without you, and I'm, I don't care who it is, without you 
dissing me with, oh, we just need to agree to disagree. Because that tells me a couple things, that you don't respect me, that you're intellectually lazy, and that we, in the future, may never be able to have a civil public discourse. And I may be laboring under a fallacy myself. And what did you just do by agreeing to disagree with me? Leave me in that fallacy to stew. Again, I don't have time for folks that agree to disagree. You know, and maybe somebody will hear this, well, that's what I got to do if I need to shut Dan up. We just got to agree to disagree. What well, really hasn't shut me up in the past because I'll keep leaving comments until I've said everything I want to say. Once I say everything I, I want to say on that, then you take it as, as you want. You know, I was told that I was being a troll. I was told, you know, borderline, I was, I was bullying somebody because I was putting my opinion out there. You know, and then, then they came back and said, you know, we're going to report you for harassment. Because I was putting my opinion, I was answering questions. They were, they were saying things about me and to me, so I was answering these questions. But I'm the one being the bully. I'm the one harassing. <laughs> Again, they don't understand social media. They really don't. And so I'll leave the, I'll leave the show there with that about, about the social media thing. And uh, hopefully, you had, hopefully you've learned something on the show today that you may not have known before. Uh, if you like what I'm doing on the show, please hit the subscribe, the subscribe button and, and, the, and the notification bell next to it. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. I, I'm all about comments. I'm all about feedback from from the audience and leave a comment you know tell me Dan you're way out there in left field or right field or I agree with you Dan or, or maybe you know you're arguing it this way with these facts maybe you should do it this way and we should not have a discussion I'm all for having discussions and debates I really am this has been the Dan Clements show I'm your host Dan Clements your constitutional warrior member if you aim at nothing you hit it every time have a great rest of the day folks and God bless and we'll see you tomorrow at noon